0: Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talks Radio. I'm your host, ADHD, and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic, ADHD and resolutions, an understanding of executive function. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. You've heard it from organization experts and others. If you want to get things done, you need to keep to-do lists. If all the things you need or want to accomplish keep you up at night, you might think about spending five or ten minutes before bed writing down your list for the following day. Some people prefer to start their day by creating a list. Choose whichever works best for you. To learn more about time management and ADHD, visit chad.org. Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community, and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So today, what this radio show really is about is a review of an interview that I did with uh, Doc Anderson and Doug Snyder around ADHD and resolutions and implementing a lived experience from an executive functioning perspective. In our interview, I was talking with them about how these two individuals came from really not really liking exercise or movement at all to actually exercising or moving every day with each other for six, six times a week for about a year and a half consistently. It's something they're looking forward to. And I just really want to kind of talk about you know, what enables people to do things? And all too often, we are droned into the just do it mindset. Like, I just need to – I need grit. I need to try harder and grunt my way through it. And people with ADHD, they struggle with self-regulation. That's the ability to pause and override their urges. So, in effect, using willpower, grits, like using your weakness to kind of overcome your weakness – um, when I'm working with people, basically, I said, I can't coach you to try harder because if that strategy would have worked, it would have worked already. So these two individuals, uh, both with ADHD, um, ended up finding a way to do something that they don't really care for that at its heart is repetitive, routine, boring. So how do they do that? Well, real quickly, the, the ADHD brain acts on urges, that urge to feel good, uh, not later, but now. Uh, Delayed gratification is a real challenge. And so it's that urge and the emotional urge that you have a tendency to react. Now, a lot of times I talk about emotion as a reflexive reaction and realizes that a reflex has no pause. You just jump in and you go do. So the idea really here is that brain is predisposed to like to be comfort now. In the interview I did with them, they talked about before they were exercising, I think Doug was talking about how he would roll over in the morning and doom scroll. Doom scroll is where you pick up your phone and you just start scrolling through maybe TikTok, Instagram, or something like that. It feels good. It's exciting. Um, I find it interesting because a lot of times there's a lot of look-at-me videos. Then there's some other videos that are more kind of how-to, how to do things maybe you don't do, but... It doesn't require a lot of effort, and at the end of the day, it feels good. And when people start the doom scrolling, hours can pass before they actually know what's going on, and it can wreck their day. And so that's why people do it. So what do you do if you want to do something else? Because to get up and go exercise is actually really pretty effortful when you think about it. So the thing that I've learned over the years is that you've got to have something that's stimulating for the brain in order for it to pay attention to something or override the urge to doom scroll. I've talked long and hard about this. When it comes to exercise, it's social, social, social. Did I say it was social? And I say that because often people exercise together. Think about uh, when you're a kid, high school, college, uh, you go to the gym, basketball, a lot of times people are doing those things. As you get older in life, uh, because of time constraints and different things, people tend to go work out on their own. Um, For those that still go to classes or do stuff with people, it would continue. But for those that are not involved in those things, I often find that exercise ends. When we take a look at their story, we realize that they got started in this via community. It was a social endeavor. And as the social endeavor started and things were added to it, they slowly got sucked into it, if you will. Um, If you really listen to the interview that I did with them, in the end, it was really more about their connection that that takes place every day. And I'm going to talk a little bit deeper level about that in a second, but that connection is kind of got them excited uh, to go. Um, In the interview, doc starts to talk about the establishment of a routine. Um, I would argue that what happened is that routine evolved over the desire and the excitement um, to go to the community So there might have been times where I'm going to set the alarm, but there wasn't like somebody sat down and wrote out a plan well in advance and said, hey, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go from three days to five days to six days. It evolved as it was appropriate. So there wasn't a lot of willpower. But the draw to this wasn't the brute force. It was, hey, this is a community where they began to look forward to it. Again, The focus here is on exercise, but how they got sucked into it it was really very different than what one might look at. The next thing I'd like to talk about is thinking. A lot of times when people are in community, they're talking a lot and they're doing a lot of thinking. And I'm I'm going to preface this by saying, you know, people with ADHD, sometimes not to talk is not to think. And so if there's a forum where there's people around, they talk, they begin to think their way through processes. So with that, I want to pause here for a second and go to a break, come back and talk about this a little bit more. Uh, Our secret word of the day is understanding. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash atr that's addca.com slash atr managing adhd is about pausing before you ponder and proceed this opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com and now back to attention talk radio Welcome back. Having a little bit of a review and understanding of why Doc Anderson and Doug Schneider were able to exercise on a regular basis through their lived experience in an interview that I did on ADHD and resolutions. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about um, the ADHD brain, the the urge um, to feel good, to escape pain, and how often that brain will go to the thing in the now that feels good as opposed to um, something that will give them delayed gratification really tried to highlight that they innocuously got started into a couch to a, a 5K group on Zoom that began as this thing, but really was more about community that evolved. What I'd like to do now is kind of talk about the value of of, of the things that happen from a thinking perspective. Now, understand that the ADHD brain, you have the automatic brain, which is more the primitive brain. That's the one that is urged to feel good or escape pace pain and then you have the thinking brain that's kind of the prefrontal cortex the thinking brain is a is a brain that requires a lot of energy and effort because it's got to override the automatic brain in other words it's got to override that urge so in the morning when you wake up and there's that urge to doom doom scroll to override it takes a little bit of effort i'm going to come back to this in a second because there's a little bit of the community that's helping them override to get to the community but When Doc and Doug end up getting together, you'll notice that they begin to talk about their day, like yesterday. As they talk about their day, they're actually talking, but they're actually thinking. In the absence of talking, they're not necessarily thinking, and so they skip over that. With the discussion of yesterday and the thinking through it and the reframing of it, they're actually getting ready for their day ahead. This is an executive functioning exercise. I did a show during the pandemic talking about the commute. When you're in a car and you're going to work, most people don't realize while you are on a commute, maybe listen to radio news, a lot of times in the back of your mind, you're beginning to think and prepare yourself for that particular day. Um, You're booting up, if you will, which goes back to some working memory stuff that I talked about in other shows. What was interesting during the pandemic is that people, they weren't commuting, and they would do some stuff, and they would go right to their desk, and they'd be kind of lost and in a fog, particularly if they're in a meeting. And I would argue with them is because they didn't really have that drive time to boot up to get their mind into their day and think about and organize their day. And you'll notice that when Doc and Doug are starting, they're talking about their life and what's going on. A few things are happening. One, they're problem-solving. As as Doug talks about, he's reframing his day from the negative to more of a positive. And he's also starting to think about the day ahead of him. So there's a value that's taking place for a person with ADHD in this thing that looks like he's just yabbering, but he's actually kind of getting into the day. In that process, what happens is you also begin to retrieve existing knowledge. Uh, we've done some shows about this that most people don't really realize. well, how do you retrieve existing knowledge from that, your, your brain? Well, there's free recall, there's cued recall, and there's recognition recall. When you start to talk um, out loud with people and other people ask questions, that often will cue you to remember something, a cue just as a you might put a reminder on the table to remember to take something to work. Well, that reminder is a cue, CUE, if you will. That cues you to retrieve the knowledge that you need to take that with you to work. So the same thing happens when somebody's talking or asking questions that will queue up the knowledge. So there's a lot that's taking place. Another thing that's really important is people with ADHD thinking inside their brain towards a goal. I've done some shows on this. Often I'll ask somebody to calculate three to the power of five, and I'll get, oh, like you'll notice that calculating three to the power of five inside your head is effortful. I, some people can do it, but most people give up. That is so difficult inside the head, but sometimes people will say, oh, I'm not any good at math, or just because they don't even want to try it because it's so difficult. That, that emotional reaction there is what I'm pointing to to say it's difficult for them to think. But talking out loud makes it easier. So when they're talking about their day or what's kind of going on, they're actually uh, thinking through problems. Sometimes one will just talk and solve a problem Sometimes they'll talk and the other person will have an idea to solve a problem. Sometimes they'll talk and the other person will say something that will cue something else that will actually solve the problem. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on here that's actually helping a person think about what they're doing that day. Another thing that I want to highlight is that often procrastination is rooted in ambiguity, And sometimes you just really don't know. But often there's a retrieval of knowledge. One time I was coaching an individual before the pandemic that was uh, procrastinating. And I said, I want you to go notice that you procrastinate on things that are ambiguous. And they were arguing with me. Well, the pandemic hit, and they were working from home one day. Interestingly enough, I got a text. And they described that that particular day, they were working on something on their work computer that was some procedure-related thing, and they weren't able to retrieve the knowledge that they had of what the next step was. The person had sent me the text of knowledge she recognizes that on a regular day at work, she would lean over to the person next to her and ask the question and get the answer and be right back in business within two seconds and continue forward. This particular day, there was nobody there because she was working from home. She instant messaged the person but didn't know if they were there, didn't know if that person was going to get their attention or whatever. In that moment, she didn't know the procedure. Now, the procedure was somewhere on the company's intranet, but she didn't really know where it was. But the bottom line is what would normally happen at work would she lean over, ask a question, have it answer within two seconds. This particular day, she got up to go get a cup of coffee and never returned and complain that she had a motivation and a productivity problem. I would say no, it's an ambiguity problem. Here's the point. Having people in your life that you can talk out loud and collaborate, and sometimes they can cue your knowledge, we're actually removing ambiguity. We're helping thinking, which is you're basically being rewarded by higher levels of productivity as a result of this. So let's pause. We're going to go to this. I'm going to come back, and we're going to continue with this a review of what's really taking place. Our secret word tonight is understanding. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your Discovery Session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now... Back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I'm today walking through a review of an interview that I did with uh, Doc Anderson and Doug uh, Snyder on their resolution and actually going from not liking to move or exercise to exercising six days a week for over a year and a half. And we're doing this from an executive functioning perspective. So, we've talked about a lot of this. Let's move into kind of an emotion. So, I define emotion at the beginning as a reflective reaction. That's just what an emotion is. But understand that as, as these two got together and they're doing what we talked about was the dopamine boot up at the beginning to make this kind of fun and exciting. And they get together and they just think they're having conversation, but they're naturally talking about their days and they're beginning to problem solve. They're actually doing a few things. One, exercise helps your brain. Uh, from an ADD perspective movement, uh, they're actually now solving problems. So when they get done with the exercise of the day, they are being, number one, they feel better. Emotionally, that's really pretty good. Uh, they were in community with a friend. And three, they're, they're rewarded now with higher levels of productivity and performance because they actually were thinking it out loud as a means to boot up their mind about the day and then begin to problem solve. This begins to feed on itself. The more you do it, the more positive reinforcement that, that you have comes back to it. Now, what I want to say is we're starting to be a really long way around from just movement. Movement is a repetitive, boring task. But what we've done is we've brought community into this. We brought um, something to look forward to, uh, conversations thinking out loud, problem-solving, getting out of your head, and now emotions are starting to kind of come around because you're positively being reinforced by a more productive, better better day. So what's the moral of all this, and why am I analyzing it? In the interview, they talked about how they were able to establish routines, and they did establish routines, but I don't think it was willful. It evolved because of their desire, positive desire, to go um, move into this space. Um, As it built on itself, uh, they went from just working out three days to six days to more something that they look forward to and on occasion will do by themselves without the other one there. That's not the same white knuckling that people describe, I just need to establish routine by just grunting their way through, not lifting up the doom scrolling when they grab their phone in the morning. See that difference? One is you're sucked into this. And you're saying, I've got to deliberately overwrite. The other one is, I'm excited to go do this thing. As the excitement happens and you do it every day, a routine begins to take place. This is really, really important because what's driving this is the interest and the connection side of it, not just the brute force. So in designing these types of things and immersing experience sometimes these are not the easiest things to do. But sometimes you've got to reach out. Now, this was particularly useful because of the last pandemic and the use of Zoom. People were connected, and that's how these two individuals were able to do that with two different time zones. Still, more and more people I'm coaching are doing this with family and friends, et cetera, and it's something that you could actually make happen yourself. Some people this will be difficult for if it's, if it's virtual, but you can still replicate it in the area. The point of this really is is this all worked because – it has a positive impact on executive function, which is impaired. It was working with all of those. So what I tried to do is outline the back end stuff of why it was working. They had the emotional, hey, I got this, my future self, da da, 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 At the end of the day, they create an environment where they look forward to it every day, and they excitedly are kind of walking their way through with that, and that's why that works. Anyway, for our regular listeners, I hope that you've enjoyed this. makes a lot of sense. Uh, for our newer listeners, Um, If you want to learn more, um, the best site is just go to digcoaching.com, download the Dr. Barkley ebook collection. There's a lot of stuff that's in there that's related to the details of some of the working memory and some of the emotional type stuff, but you can learn more there. Um, But at the end of the day, tips, tricks, and strategies only really kind of goes so far. It's when you immerse yourself in these experiences and you actually get excited about this stuff that things actually happen. So I hope this is giving you pause to think and some insight. Again, our secret word tonight is understanding. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.